Dr. Chapa, how are you doing today? Gordy, I am fantastic. I've had a lovely, uh, busy uh, week already. Uh, had a fantastic day in the office yesterday. Just saw some, you know, uh, miracles, uh, I would say. Um, and, you know, it's the small things that we take for granted that I'm starting to kind of just rehash and look back and just go, wait, 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 slow down, slow down. That is a miracle. You know, that is a miracle. That is a miracle. And uh, when people come in with belly pain and they walk out with no belly pain, they walk in with a headache and there's no headache when they walk out. Um, and we find that, it, I mean, it's little things that we can do right there on the spot with uh, chamomile marshmallow or what we can do right there on the spot with, you know, somebody with brain fog that needs some uh, B vitamins and ribonucleic acid. And we can just feed them right there. And inside of the 15 minutes, 20 minutes that we spend with people, they, they all of a sudden, they're they walk out and you can see their their constitution changed and uh, you know at living well clinical nutrition center we just are a firm believers that all life starts and stops brother at the cellular level and nutrition is the fundamental driver that puts you into the driver's seat of good health vibrant health you know longevity and vitality and we just want people to have that vim vigor and vip all the days of their life and so i i get excited um about you know what we offer people day in and day out so i've already off to the races having a good one what about you what's going down in your world i got i understand you got a few little changes on your hands. yeah i got some got some big changes you know in my family so me and my wife we had a baby i, I guess it was the baby's two weeks old two weeks old now we had it's the baby crazy. out of town the baby's yeah. home everything's going really good it's a lot of shifting in the family sure so the other other kids are adjusting well our two-year-old son, Luca, he's the one who is probably, he's handling it very, very good, but still not fully understanding like the grasp and the shift and the change, but yeah, he's, he's doing okay. That he, yeah, and it's like incorporating, you know, uh, him as the uh, the big brother, right? Right. And saying, hey, you and you get to do this. Like, <laughs> you get to like step up to that plate. And uh, you, how many kids do you have? Four now. Oh my gosh! You've, <laughs> yeah, you've come to, to you, you, you come to chop a level. <laughs> yeah. Are y'all done? Or are you? Are you yeah. Or is it like that? We don't know yet. We're done. Okay. We are done. Yeah. Yeah. We 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 keep uh, saying we we're done. I'm certain <laughs> that we're done actually. Um, but you know, there's that little moment. Like I mean, the Ellie now is like six and a half, and um, she, I mean, she's just growing so fast, man. And I'm like, oh man, I, I kind of miss, you know, just having that six and under of you know, phase and, you know, but it's been really cool to watch. The other day I asked Ellie, I said, Ellie, I said, you know, um, do you want another brother or sister? And she goes, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Which means she's like, you know, pretty happy with good. The, the, the circumstances of her being the baby. She kind of th- indirectly somehow gets it that right. things change. And, and, and it is, it's chaos. And, and, and uh, But it's controlled chaos. It's good. And uh, I'm thankful as well. So yeah. I'm really excited for you. Yeah, thank you. Just trying to take in those those little moments and, and – uh, just seeing my two-year-old because I was like, oh, he was a baby. And then like now we have a real baby. I'm like, man, he's massive. Is this how much more older they got in the span of, of the new baby getting here? Just realizing how much time has gone by. And how fast. Yeah. I mean, it's like, does it have to go so fast? I mean, people always will say, make sure you take advantage of the time. And, you know, we just kind of we go, we know we're trying. We're like, like I'm legitimately trying to like, you know, saddle that horse and, and, and bridle that horse and slow that thing down. And, but yet, I mean, I was just talking to a patient the other day and I was like, do you realize we are already in the October 
11th, 12th, I don't know, of 2022. Like, yeah. what happened? You know, where did the year go? And I mean, they've already put Christmas stuff up at Home Depot. And I'm like, this is not nice. This is not, I'm not ready. I'm not ready uh, for it to come uh, to an end at the end of the year. I'm not ready for the holidays to start yet. Um, I mean, of course, I will be. I'll get there. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm just really wanting, you know, you know, having more and more conversations with people around, you know, the fast paced nature of life that is creating this this stress ball if uh, of like uh, of overwhelm and people are having to manage that and navigate that and um I, I i think that you know people are looking um you know to figure out ways to like kind of check out a little bit and find hobbies and find things that can slow down the pace but i mean they're really struggling and 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 so we we have to continually get in the boat with people and say all right so when this when when you know like when the tough but when the going gets tough, the tough get going, right? So when the stress is mounting up, uh, we've got to do some mounting up ourselves in self-care and body care. And um, I mean, I just always you know teach people that there's things you can, can you can do. There's a lot you you can control, uh, even when life gets out of sorts. And you know just to encourage people that you know look, even though it seems overwhelming right now, uh, you can do more than you realize you can do. Uh, your body can handle more than you realize your body uh, it can handle. Um, I had a, you know, I was in the gym the other morning and, and this bodybuilder, uh, he, he looked like he leaned down pretty hardcore. And I was like, you cutting? Um, and I didn't know who he was. And, and um, but I could tell, I mean, I noticed he was seemingly leaning up and then all of a sudden he like, just whoom, like he'd leaned up and he goes, oh yeah, I had a show this weekend. So of course the previous week he cut down hard and, um, and he looked great, you know, he got second place in his show. And I said, you know, uh, you know, what, you know, what do you think happened? And, um, and he, he was like, oh, you know, I just should have, uh, he goes, I think I should have started. Uh, I didn't, um, I delayed my start time. He goes, I couldn't, I was on the fence, you know, I had so much going on, so much going on. And then at five weeks I decided to go for it, you know, and I should have given myself my 10 weeks or whatever he needed for prep. And, um, but, and we got to talking about, you know, the recovery and all that stuff. And he was, um, you know, just saying that, you know, our bodies can handle anything that we throw at it in the gym and exercise. And, you know, some, in some respects, even in like the business life of stress, you know, of, uh, mm -hmm. that's another level of working out. Right. And, um, and he, and, and it was just cool to hear somebody else say, you know, our bodies can handle more than we give it credit. Like we blame too much on age. We blame too much on the weather. We blame too much on some other circumstance that's out of our control instead of uh, grasping at, at what we can control. And that's what I always want to teach at, at Living Well is that you are in control. You have more control. And we will teach you, if you don't know how, to get control, praise God. And that's what we do at Living Well Clinical Nutrition Center is to teach you to, the value of choosing life one bite at a time through lifestyle choices, alternative medicine ways, functional medicine practices, doing detoxes, looking at our, you know, spa detox to, you know, I've got some patients that are so sick that when we put like... Um, you know, nutrients into their body, their body freaks out. Uh, and, and they're so toxic because their and their body turns on and starts dumping this trash and they have symptoms. And so we have to like figure out 
offset ways to get their body to clean out. And that's where these, you know, spa services come in, the detox foot bath, um, the, hydro, uh, the hydro massage beds for just relaxation. I'm, I'm amazed. Uh, I had no idea. Like, you know, you remember the movie um, Field of Dreams, you build it, they'll come. You know, we've got this place and people, you know, come in and they just say, oh, yeah, me and my mom, me and my uh, sister, me and my, you know, uh, spouse came in and just jumped on that hydro bed and just kind of did like a, a mini couples massage, you know, and uh, it, it is, it's a nice checkout moment. So we've got those places, the infrared sauna that we have, it's a full spectrum infrared sauna that helps people, um, uh, maximize ATP production, um, cellular regeneration. You know, I've always thought, um, when I, before I incorporated this into the practice as I was researching, over the last few years, I mean, I've known about infrared sauna. I knew it was a good thing, uh, but I didn't realize I, I always was just using it for detox. And I'm such a detox fanatic that I think everybody should be detoxing in some capacity. Um, you know, where can we uh, leverage this into, you know, a clinic? And finally, we have the real estate to do it. And so I brought it in. But no, lo and behold, what I discovered is that the... Um, uh, the, the infrared sauna has the ability to invest ATP into every cell, tissue, organ, gland in your body to f create and maximize function. And ATP is a, is a energy money. It's an energy currency that your body is naturally producing always. And uh, you can saturate the tissues of your body with full-spectrum infrared. And it is very different than just an ambient temperature hotbox sauna that you know most people um, have been in. And uh, just, you know, so again, just to encourage people, like there are things you have access to, and especially at Living Well, we got a ton of them. So it's pretty exciting, dude. You know, earlier you were talking about our bodies being able to handle more in the gym. Um, and there's a couple things, I guess. So is that like a mental training or like a habit thing? Like how do we get those, those things to line up? Yeah, so absolutely. I think the, the, the discipline of going to the gym or going for a walk every day, the great Jim Rohn said, if you know you need to go for a walk every day for your good health and you don't do it, it's on you. If, if you know you should go for a walk every day and for your good health and you do it, you can be proud of the d daily discipline. And, you know, I had a guy yesterday, I said, look, just start with 20 minutes, 10 minutes away from your house, 10 minutes home. And he goes, well, what about, you know, uh, what about 30? His wife says, why don't you do 30? And I said, well, he can. I said, but at the end of the day, you got to remember, he's not walking now. And if we could get him outside 10 minutes away, 10 minutes home, his body's got 90 days, four months before it you know, adapts and builds a plateau. And the body gets good at whatever you start doing, right? Like, so if you are a sitter, you're pelvic muscles get, you know, short and tight and your uh, butt cheeks get flabby so that you feel more stable in your chair. Your shoulders start to round into that C-shaped posture so that you can find more comfort in that sitting position. Your blood pressure goes up to offset the fact that you're not moving and grooving and maximizing blood flow. And but yet we get mad at the blood pressure and, you know, sabotage it with medication, not recognizing that the seated posture that we've been putting ourselves in is what created the high blood pressure or hmm. the flabby butt cheeks or the you know poor core muscles so that the body goes into that C shape. Instead, 
you know, anything that you got you need to get good at, you got to start doing. And so it's recognizing that even if you start with a little, there's this gal that trains at the um, the gym. She tra- she's, she's a, she is a trainer, and and. I do a lot of things with weights, and I do a lot of—I'm a firm believer that uh, they've done studies on this, um, so it's not like I just believe this and I'm teaching this out of my own, you know, opinion. This is science that says that if you want to live a long, victorious life, lift heavy things. You have to. You've got to get good at some hinge work where you're bending at the waist and lifting something up or a, you know, a deadlift. Now, you don't have to lift 300 pounds. And I've done all that stuff and and, and found, man, it really is quite fascinating to feel good about a 315 pound or my max 325 pound lift. Um, But, dude, why? Now I'm tired the rest of the day. You know, I mean, I exhausted everything. It took everything out of me. Uh, I like doing functional movement patterns. Um, and 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 this gal, she does band work a lot, a lot. She's got this gigantuan fanny pack and bands coming out of it. She's like a magician. And, and, <laughs> and you see, and I look over there, and she's got people like, I mean, dying with bands. And then she's got other people that are beginners, and you can tell they're noobs, but they're they're they're. They're, they're, she's taking them through body processes and resistance. And so there's so many wonderful ways to ease into a program and, and to get like the functionality and the vitality moving and grooving in your veins. And it's time in the saddle. They used to say it takes 21 days to make a habit. They found that in some people it could take up to 67 days. Some people it could mm-hmm. take 120 days. It's not always that same 21 days as we wish it was. I think the 21 days gives us a, 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 a I can accomplish anything in 21 days. You know, I can do anything for a week. You know, we start with what we can do. And that's what we have to ask ourselves when it comes to the discipline of overcoming the I don't want to get out of bed today or I don't want to go to the gym today. And, you know, and it's finding, you know, how it's the it's also finding the routine like our bodies are very, very um, uh, routine. We are creatures of habit. Right. Um Tom Cooley talks about in his book, Change Your Habits, Change Your Life, that, you know, we, the, the body goes through a great deal of biochemistry and a great deal of, you know, blood sugar management in order to build pathways of routine, build pathways of habit. So it's not necessarily an easy thing to build a habit or a brain path that your body can be cued to run a path. You know, to run a process, um, and 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 if you can see your your brain every time you do a task over and over and over and over and over and over again, then you can appreciate what I said in the beginning that says anything that you need to get good at, you just got to start doing. You know, but the problem with some of these activities, ten minutes down the road, ten minutes back, it's easy to do, right? But it's also easy not to. Not to do it. Not to do it. That's <laughs> yeah. right. It's easy not to do it. And so um, I think that it comes to um, appreciating the, the mind over matter. When it when you don't mind, it don't matter. Mm-hmm. And you're going to say, hey, look, I mean, there today I, I, I wanted to go to the gym, but today was an interesting day. Uh, you know, because my, my partner, she she has, has a little bit of a tweak in her back, and uh, we're working with that. And so I was trying to – I was thinking, up, all right, I want to do my back. Um, how do we do what's called workarounds, you know, but what if, what if we would have just called it and said, eh, let's not train today because you know, your back hurts. 
Well, then that we'll make an excuse tomorrow because our foot hurts. And then we'll make an excuse the next day because our shoulder hurts. And then we'll make an excuse the next day because our head hurts. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, you make a habit a good habit or a bad habit. But by golly, in my world and what I've seen for success is you just got to show up and you've got to be willing to work through it. I've showed up with a bellyache. I've showed up with a headache. I've showed up with uh, no sleep. I've showed up with plenty of sleep. And uh, the routine and the pattern, I know if I start my day right, I'll end it better, always. And I feel more accomplished. I feel like, you know, for me, mornings work for me. Like to go to the gym in the afternoon, it's not as likely going to happen because the day starts rolling and it's like a steamroller. You don't get in its way. It's going, and I'm like, ah, you know. And uh, but it's a but it is it is a mind game, you know. And there's so many ways to play the mind game. But find that routine and pattern. What part of your day? Can you implement something of value? Good meal, a good um, so a good food choice, uh, a good exercise plan. You know, even if it's small. Like I remember watching this uh, video. It was one of those inspirational kind of videos during the Christmas holidays of this old codger who was. Um, it, they portrayed him as a getting out of the bed with stiff legs, stiff knees, stiff uh, everything. He looked. I mean. Like if the wind blew too hard, it'd blow him in half. You know, what I mean, he looked frail, fragile, and uh, weak, and um, and he was looking out the window, wanting to do more. There was people playing, socializing, enjoying uh, the things of the outdoors. And I think he, I saw this one, but keep going. Yeah, I remember it for sure. And he surely wasn't able. And and how many people find themselves in that spot, right? And. Um, he and then the next scene, he the, a kettlebell shows up magically on the floor, right? And he starts lifting the kettlebell, just picking it up and setting it down, picking it up and setting it down. And then he starts, you know, doing his best to pick it up over his head and set it down, and pick it up over his head and set it down. And then he gets to where he 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 lifts it out in front of him, uh, as if you know, away from his body, forcing his back to engage, his glutes to engage, his hamstrings to engage to foundationally stabilize him so as he's lifting uh you know this kettlebell up over and over and over again and there's several scenes of him just continually day in and day out inside outside setting the pattern setting the routine setting the goal uh, or set and and you don't know what the goal is in this but you can you, you know it's something's about to happen and the the last scene is him huh, it's even hard to even talk about it without kind of tearing up a little bit but he picks up his granddaughter to put a star on a Christmas tree. And I go, sweet, you know? Like, that's the vitality and the vim, vigor, and vip it takes. So, like, for you, what is it that you want to accomplish? Um, and and, and I'd be careful in saying want. Uh, I, I'm going to change it. What is it that you desire? Because the Bible says we shouldn't be in want. And we find psychologically when we are in want, we will always find ourselves wanting so instead, let's desire something of depth and something of, you know, uh, w of worth, and, and let's pursue that. And, and for me, it's longevity, it's vitality, it's energy. And at Living Well, we're going to come in and support you through nutritional deficiencies. We know that you've got deficiencies. Everybody does. You know, we're all dealing with vitamin, mineral, essential fatty acid problems. Uh, we all have... You know, uh, deburdening needs, our detox needs are high, our toxicity load is high. And so if we can get that toxicity load uh, load down and deburden the tissues, your body will 
function better and perform better. And and the whole goal is to like get in there and start changing the dynamics of your root system so that whenever we support you and build you up, your system will thrive. And 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 that's where that energy and that uh, vitality and longevity come from. So here's a question that came in, but kind of already answered it in a in a way but i think just starting where you're at starting doing something and then like you're not just like lifting up to put on the tree or not running a marathon at first here's a question so it says i have a friend whose heart race is pretty high during workouts and it seems to concern them are there any recommendations on what they should do yeah, totally. Um, so number one, guys, if you guys have questions, you know, when we're on air live, we love fielding them live. So thank you for bringing these questions aboard. Um, because I mean, this show is for you. You know, we want to teach you how to live better, be better, and stay better here at Living Well. So we know uh, <clears throat> you have questions and you have health challenges, and uh, we will try to create a safe space for that to happen. You know, um, so in this case, with an elevated heart rate, uh, obviously we want to recognize that you know exercise is going to elevate the heart rate you know so we want to kind of know how high is that heart rate and um you know i would say that i love philip maffetone's uh, heart rate model it's 180 minus your age um times 65 75 percent depending on where you want to, if you're a new person 65 percent and then if you have medications, you subtract five from the number. If you're had a surgery, you subtract another five. If you've got some sort of major you know, weight issue, you subtract another five. And what that does is it sets a bar for your heart rate. So some, I've had some people that were uh, messed up pretty good, and we started their heart rate at 120. And, and, uh, and so now find, knowing your number, if you start working out and you hit 140, that would be a potentially, you know, for you, new and a little scary. And so I would definitely back off. That would give you an opportunity with a heart monitor, with all these cool gadgets and gizmos present that we have access to today. I mean, it's easy to kind of do body metrics and see where your system is running. And so if the heart rate is, you know, pushing that, you know, upper echelon. So let's say that you, you your number comes in, like mine, I think right now is at like 145 is a is a fair number for me to be uh, up and around to when, still be when you're lifting or oh, okay yeah so Brandy. just to, what we call it's, it's he built it around this concept Philip Maffetone again the you can actually get the probably just put Philip Maffetone's um, heart rate formula and it'll probably pop up but what you uh, it's out of the book called In Fitness and in Health and um, he talked about when he would train athletes because he was an Olympic trainer and uh, he found that people were what they call what he would call anaerobic means their body is so up uh, on an uptick. It's it's burning so hard, so fast. It's always reaching for easy uh, fuel sources uh, like sugar, for example, you know, to burn. And that's what, you know, where he came in and said, no, no, what we need to do is we need to retrain the body to be more efficient in how it maximizes energy production. And the way you do that is to teach the body to burn body fat. And you can do that through this formula. Okay. So just look up again, Philip Maffetone, um, you know, uh, heart rate um, measuring tool and i'm sure something will pop up in google and um and then you you put your 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 uh your eight uh, your uh, 180 minus your age times you know 65 percent if that's what you want to do or 75 percent if that's what you want to do but whatever that number is um it, that's going to give you what he calls your aerobic formula aerobic not anaerobic so now we're teaching the body to maximize oxygen 
Okay, oxygen is important. So obviously, the higher our heart rate goes, uh, the more our body is working. So it's got to quickly reach for quick sources of energy. Well, what happens when you run out of those quick sources of energy? Uh, your, your your system might have to work harder, and therefore he might be feeling you know palpitations. He might be feeling a little discomfort in his chest, uh, and and so back off. That's okay. You know that's safe. That's good, and um, and and so. But he might also just need to be okay knowing and give himself permission that if the if the, if this little magic formula gives him a parameter to work within and he's still feeling it, we still want to address a few things. It, you should really never know that your heart is beating, even in the gym. Hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. When I'm working it, I can feel my heart beating out of my chest. You know, right? But it's not irregular. It's not, it's not out of rhythm. It doesn't feel pressure or pain or discomfort. I just feel it thumping in there, right? Because it's thumping. It's working harder. And, and so I've done a set of leg day, and I go to the little Stairmaster machine and, or the um, uh, elliptical, and I grab hold of those handles, and my, my, my number will come in at 135. And, and, and by the end of my you know, cardio set, I'm at 144. And uh, so I'm inside of my zone, but man, I mean, I came off of a weight session at 135, you know, and so that's, that is, that's, that means I was working it and uh, I'm sweaty and I'm nasty feeling, I mean, not nasty feeling, but my shirt's all, you know, I could wring sweat out of it and I go, cool, I did <laughs> something today, you mm -hmm. know, but we don't all need to, that's not what always is exercise. Exercise could be simply going for a 10-minute walk up the road, 10 minutes back, because the, he also talks about in that book that they used to, they, they uh, would do clot or, uh, testing and or clog testing on uh, pigs. And they would basically, they would shut off one of the uh, arteries to the heart, uh, you know, 60, 70% at what they call an occlusion and, um, and, and, and force the pig to be in a basically a heart disease state. They'd put the pig on a treadmill and people out there are probably like, oh, you know, poor piggy. And uh, but you know, they put it on twenty minutes walking, not running, nothing stressful, just you know, four-legged prancer right there, getting it done, little pig walk. And um, and what they found is that um, in a a very short window of t time, less than ninety days, um, the the pig heart did a natural bypass around the occlusion. It didn't fix the occlusion necessarily. Um, uh, they found a, but a bypass. So we a bypass means we we go. They they come in surgically and they build like a bypass, something around a detour. In this case, the body did it naturally. Guardy, do you understand how amazingly cool that is? That walking could improve blood flow so much that the body knows how to build a bridge. You know, I'm always fascinated when they build a bridge over water. Like, how do they do that? I mean, they're over water or a tunnel. How do they do that? Modern marvels. But this same modern marvel is happening inside your body given two parameters. One, you're given the body the right level of stimulation. And two, the right level of uh, the right nutritional intervention. And so, dude, start right where you're at and get moving. If the dude don't move... The dude don't groove. The dude don't groove. I mean, and it's that 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 should encourage us all to get up and get going, right? Yes, that's very cool. Aren't pigs' hearts are very similar to to humans, right? Is, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the for the most part, um, it's definitely a. Um, uh, I mean, they same idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just I, interesting. I, I, and and it, I've I've gotten to play with deer heart, sheep heart, cow hearts, and human hearts. And uh, so I don't know that I've ever actually dissected a pig. Um, but they're yeah, they got the chambers and they do what they're supposed to do. And you know something that's really fascinating too about the heart is they've studied. Uh, the imagery on the heart, they've taken the heart out and they watch the heart beat for minutes on end until it just runs out of lifeblood. You know, it needs that oxygen, needs that nutritional uh, flow. But, you know, in and of itself, the heart will keep beating unattended from the brain. Now, think about that for a second. That's because it's mm-hmm. got its own built in brain system. The heart is, I mean, an amazing, an amazing, amazing vessel. My dad used to always say, oh, I'm just so fascinated with how God intricately designed us in, the, in, in our mother's wombs. And we should. We should take a step back and breathe in life and go, oh, thank you, Jesus. You know, like, wow, we have life. And, uh, and we underestimate what we can put into the life that we've been given and the time, mm-hmm. you know. So, you know, just definitely get started. Let's play the game. This guy with the heart issue, what if it's just simply, hey, you need some B vitamins, brother. We need to get in there and make sure that your minerals are where they need to be so that your body can control that heart rhythm. We Maybe even uh, lay off the caffeine or pre-workout or coffee right before you're doing something. I think that can affect. Uh, uh, Gardy, you're absolutely right. I didn't even bring into the, the, the um the the mindset of toxicity, but absolutely overstimulation could totally be a parameter that we've got to address. And so um, these pre workouts, man, I know you get jacked up on energy, but man, at what expense? At what cost? You know what I mean? If you put these um, artificial stimulants in, and you don't have the foundational base to perform, you're going to see heart palpitations or heart arrhythmias or some sort of heart glitch uh, that you go, mm, that didn't feel good, you know? And we that would be a sign, not that the workout was bad, but probably your deficiencies or you're overstimulated. Mm-hmm. Good point. Here's another question that came in. You know, I was out of town for, for a little bit, and I was watching everybody be like, man, the weather is not it's not as hot. It's kind of cool. So there's been some shifts and some changes. So here's a question. It said, uh, sneezing, itchy throat and itchy eyes. What can I do? And I'm sure all that comes into play with the changing of the, of the seasons. And stuff. No, no doubt about it. I mean, of course, um, with the, we just had a little cold front, what last week, uh, where that we're cut we, right into fall. The, uh, the season is changing and allergies have been heavier and hotter, um, than ever. And, um, that hasn't been quite as bad as I've seen in the past thus far, but, we definitely are in a three-week, you know, run right now where people's allergy levels, ragweed is through the roof. Um, that is a big one, and uh, people are, are sensitive to this stuff. And so, when you're playing in the yard, you better make sure that you got some sinus relief spray to clean out those sinuses after you play in the yard. It's a coy little silver saline rinse that we use at our office, and. But you really need to, you know, be supportive of the body as natural detox elimination pathways uh, using, you know, things like Allerplex or Allercaps or Allernest. Um, And these are different blends of either food or herbs that come together to help the body recognize a histaminic response and recognize a foreign, non-infectious allergen presence and help your body eliminate it appropriately through the appropriate channels so that you're not sitting there bleeding out your eyes or scratching 
scratching your eyes out or, you know, having a, a nose that's leaking like a sieve. Uh, we don't want that or we don't want you hacking up lugs, uh, you know, every which way to Sunday because, you know, it's your, your wife, you know, doesn't appreciate you you know, blowing <laughs> snot out of your nose, you know. And uh, but at the end of the day, this is a real issue and people are leaning towards these medications that that just turn off the the response so that your body now has got to figure out another way to deal with it and uh, so yeah it temporarily works but it doesn't underlyingly fix the problem and so we always want to get to the underlying source so where could non-infectious allergens be, uh, be stemming from liver congestion lymphatic congestion bowel congestion if your number one exit channel uh, is slow so is now your processing plant your liver which is going to backflow into your limb and your body goes i can't stay in the lymphatics because if these things stay in the lymphatics and they're not processed accordingly or they go through too slow they're they're potentially going to get infected and the body's not going to let the lymph system get infected so it's going to find a secondary exit strategy and so it, the body will pour out of your ears nose and throat there's where the ent's job comes in but it isn't that the ENT needs to give you a, uh, an uh, over-the-counter allergy remedy. He needs to be, hmm, let's ask the deeper, better question. What's going on downstream? What are your bowels doing? You know, oh, I, I have one bowel movement every other day or, you know, every couple of days. Or I do poop every day and, um, this, you know, whatever. And I just say, okay, great. So we need to clean your system out some. When's the last time you did a bowel cleanse? Oh, What's that? That sounds scary. I don't have time to be running to the bathroom, Dr. Chapa. And we have to re-educate people that, no, 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 this is not a diarrhea cleanse. That's not what we want. Um, we're not going to keep you in a state of, you know, constantly worrying where the next potty is. We're going to create a space where your body can do some natural elimination work so that we can free up bandwidth, your body processing plant-wise, at the liver site can do its job more effectively and process out these non-infectious allergens instead of you having these non-infectious allergy reactions. And th these are things that we can do very easily and very effortlessly, um, you know, through every change of season. And so when you, I've had, uh, I think three or four people come in yesterday, they just had real thick, swollen, like, you know, knotty glands in, in their neck. And, um, and, and, we w did recommend some allergy work, but really what we had to do is flush the limb. We did that using Spanish black radish and Thymex, you know, to produce natural killer cells to just help clean up and then the lymphatic support from the radish to flush out. And then we come in with the allergy work to make sure that everybody's processing those foreign invaders because you can't stop the weather, correct? Right. I can't. Um, I haven't figured it out yet. It seems like we have, you know, a, 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 four seasons. Well, we have modified seasons here, but, you know, nonetheless, we still have a shift in in life. Like it's getting darker earlier. Um, the weather is definitely cooler. My pool is definitely colder. Uh, and I'm like, man, I, I miss my. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> yeah. Now I got to now I got to get comfortable with cold plunges. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another question that came in. Thank you for asking. Feel free to ask questions. Um, I appreciate these. It says, how much caffeine is too much caffeine? I like this one. Woo. So, uh, great question. First and foremost, recognize that caffeine um, is going to deplete your body of minerals. Um, and so, the easiest way to know how much, you know, too much caffeine is, is if you can't go off of caffeine and uh, function normally, you're probably consuming too much caffeine. I mean, seriously, that's like, you know, that's everybody. 
Well, <laughs> there is that. Uh, but really and truly, um, when you're when so, I would say if you're a coffee drinker, for example, you should consume between you know uh, four ounces of coffee can deplete your body almost a liter uh, of water and and deplete minerals out of your body in such a way that now you're in a deficit starting your day, and and so when you constantly have to go through your day looking for caffeine like you should be able to have your little cup of joe in the morning and then off you go you know Um, and it's not something that you really have to have it's just more something that you enjoy and you can't justify this you really have to kind of think through this process and say to yourself all right you know how many days can i go without that i mean i really enjoy it yes but i can you know i can definitely enjoy it too much and rationalize if i have to have it versus if it's just something of a pleasure. And we should all go 10 days, 12 days, 15 days, every quarter off of all kinds of stimulants. That way you know that your body is one, able to function on its own without these stimulants, which is why you always, you know, <clears throat> need a big old can of water present so that you can uh, fulfill that need whenever you're thirsty or whatever. You just kind of keep putting the water in, putting the water in, and then we load you up on minerals to keep your mineral saturation repleted and you'll find that your energy is very sustainable and very functional and uh, you're not reaching to caffeine stimulants you're not reaching to these things so um you know how much caffeine is too is uh, too much i think first it's recognize that caffeine does deplete us second is are you able to go without it and third is if you take too much caffeine and you get a tummy ache that's too much. That's obvious, right? Uh, or if you feel a little bit of a agitation in your chest, diaphragm area behind your chest bone, and you feel palpitations, your body feels warm and hot, your ears are hot and red, um, and you feel like you just can't sit still. And then people might say, you know, to me, you know, that I, I, I fidget a lot, and, and maybe I do. I use my hands when I talk, and, and I've learned that, you know, on the radio and things like that, when I have to sit down, my whole life is built around standing, you know, and so for me to sit down for an hour um, is very challenging because I haven't, I'm not accustomed to doing it regularly, and and so for me sitting, you know, behind this uh, mic, I have to stay still and keep my mouth moving, keep my brain functioning, and I can I can use my hands, but I find that I you know bounce around on my feet because I get excited about the topic at hand. So that doesn't that wouldn't be the same as having a caffeine push. Um, I've have had caffeine uh, pushes to the point where I, I I knew I couldn't drink anymore I, I, my, like it was almost like I was having heartburn or irritation in my in my uh, stomach and out in my chest and I was like nah, I'm done you know so I can there's a gauge there um, and but every caffeine source you have you can find a place where you know you know, if you find that you're reaching for caffeine every hour to two hours, you know, because you're you're dipping, that means that you're really having an adrenal fatigue problem and your B vitamins are low. And we've got to get your B vitamin levels restored back up so that your your adrenals can function like they're supposed to. I know some of the energy drinks out there, they put 200, 300 milligrams of, of caffeine you know, in a, in a can like that. And they'll put labels on there. Hey, this is two servings to kind of cover their their tail because they don't want anybody going into like a getting a heart attack yeah Yeah. and and it is i mean it is a drug i mean i mean it is definitely uh, a stimulant beyond you know uh that is 
in some respects, uh, unregulated. And, and But there was a, a book called The Sugar Blues that we read, and then we found another one called Caffeine Blues. And it talks about just hmm. the amount of stress caffeine can put on our cardiovascular system. And, and so we do have to be mindful that caffeine is, it's an herb. You know, and I don't know that it's necessarily in and of itself bad, but I think when we adulterate it, we put it with sugar, we put it with other inflammatory foods, it's, you know, it's the straw that breaks the camel's back, but that is the actual problem, right? And how close to what we call symptom land threshold are you? Meaning, if you do one more thing and it puts you over the edge and you're in symptom land, that's too much. You know, so it's a kind of a hard question and because all of our chemistries are different. Your chemistry may be able to handle, um, you know, one energy drink and a cup of coffee where somebody else can't do any. And, I mean, I had a friend, great, great, amazing herbalist who's super smart, but she had to become super smart um, because she was raised in um, the sugar industry with uh, her father working at a sugar mill. And um, and sugar came home every night. Sugar w- was woken up to every morning. Sugar was everywhere because that was, you know, dad's life. Dad would, you know, he was buying the product and enjoying the product and raised his family on sugar. And and had she had so much sugar that she actually became, uh, you know, her body became so inflamed and sick that the caffeine would always put her into a state of adrenal dip instead of an adrenal lift. She would actually get depressed when she would do it. And and it took her, you know, her whole career, you know, or studies to when she became an herbalist to figure out other ways to stimulate and lift her body out of the fog without it being a caffeine jolt or a sugar jolt. And so sugar and caffeine um, and and the next thing could be that thing that throws you over your metabolic edge. So what we would first do is assess how much caffeine you put in. You know, how much are you actually drinking? And how much do you actually need it? You know, we, I always pick on my, my bride because I've always picked on her about the coffee. Um, I, she's been drinking coffee since she's been four years old. <laughs> I mean, Seriously? I'm, that's what she says. <laughs> and I'm like, man. Uh, and, and then she blames it on her grandma that gave her all the, you know, gave her the coffee and they would have little coffee treats together. Now, she does drink her coffee black, okay? Uh, she does use organic beans. They are freshly ground every day. Um, and, you know, and she has a sign that says, no talkie till coffee. And, uh, or a sign that says, uh, I need Jesus and uh, oh, something like, I need Jesus and a a whole lot of coffee or something and and, and it's like some people that's where she's at but that tells me her adrenal glands are low because she needs that much and and so we have to be mindful um that you know coffee is is a uh, is a stimulant and valuable in some respects but not something we need to be leaning on as a crutch for good health or good mental clarity Okay, I got I got two things. I want to know what does Mrs. Chapa pick on you about if she if if you're thinking with her is coffee, what's her thing for you? Well, uh, <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to ask her. We'll um, get her to chime in. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we should. That would be great. Okay. Um, she she probably she has tons of stuff that she picks <laughs> on me about, and uh, you know I'm 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 from a food perspective I'm probably just like real I'm like. I'm going to use the word anal retentive. I'm just like a food Nazi, man. Like I, I, not, and I kind of wish I wasn't. I want to be a little bit more relaxed and uh, enjoy. Because I'll sit here and watch my kids eat a cupcake or something, and I'm like, y'all are so lucky. 
and I just let you watch them, and they're over there. Ignorance. Nah, it's nah. like the willingful <laughs> ignorance. They can just do <laughs> yeah, that. They can, and and so it is definitely. You know, I, I look at it and go, "All right, job, just walk away from the cupcake. It's going to be okay." You know, or yeah. or you know, sometimes I indulge and I like have a little bite or something, and they go, "Are you cheating?" And I said, "No, I'm just having a bite." I mean, is a one bite a cheat? I mean, come on, man. Uh, I mean, I hope not. You just had two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, so it's funny. You know, going going with the caffeine stuff. This is a story that someone who may or may not be a coworker of mine said that this happened to them and a friend. I guess the friend did it first. But you know those little droppers of liquid that you'll put into like water. You kind of stir it up, and mm-hmm. it makes it flavored. A lot of times, zero calorie, artificial sugar. They'll they'll put caffeine in there as yeah. well. So the bottle's like this big. So they thought it was a good idea. They popped the top and just drank it straight. And drank it straight. So next thing you know, uh, they had to call nine one one and get an ambulance. That you know it was a teenager at the time. They were like, you had a heart attack. That's I don't know how much caffeine is in that little thing, but you drop it in like it's like two or three drops yeah, in a bottle of water. Yeah, it's definitely not designed to be consumed all at once. So that that much caffeine is way is way too much. I don't even know what's in there. I have a good story to to kind of follow up on that. Is the um, had a guy that we did a heart sound test on, and he was a young guy, and the heart came, it, it was erratic. I mean, the, 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 all heart, his four heart chamber, heart valves were completely dysfunctional, like kind of like freaked me out a little bit. I'm like, dude, like you're like barely 29, you know? And, and, uh, but what I didn't realize is before, uh, we did the test before he came in that morning, he had a big energy drink and that big energy drink was caused that erratic behavior of the heart and it disrupted his chemistry so much his heart was little you couldn't see where the first sound began and the second sound ended there was no there was no break and the heart needs a break just like you need a break and um and so we had to come in with b vitamins and minerals to calm that system down and 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 then get him off those stimulants and help him see that one his heart is fine but you can't keep whipping the horse and expect the horse to perform at the you know at a healthy level for for uh, forever. I mean, you can wear that baby out, and if you whip it enough times, it will sooner or later. In this case, they, they did they just took a bit too big of a whip, and they you know uh, you remember like you know the Bible talks about the Romans knew how to torture people, right? They knew if they did forty one lashes, it'd kill you. But they knew 40 lashes, right, or something like that, wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they knew how to take it to the nth right before you couldn't thrive so that they could, you know, hit, they could do it again another time. And, um, and so the caffeine's the same thing. There is a point of, dude, you, you cross the line. And that's exactly what that person experienced. And that is the, the power of caffeine and why, just like anything, needs to be respected. Like, you can't just take... Um, you know, tons and tons of um, uh, of product and not expect to change. I mean, the whole idea of a product that it has a function in your body. If I put you on something, it's because I'm trying to drive your liver to do something that it's not able to do otherwise. If your adrenals are no good, I got to figure out ways to get your adrenals to be better than they are currently and how I can restore them back to good health so that you can feel your best. So that's where we come in with this idea of nutritional replenishment and deburdening the body of toxins and helping the system come online so that you begin to feel better again. 
All right, we got another question that just came in. And um, okay, this is talking about the scale. It says if the scale isn't moving, how do I measure success? Okay, uh, so um, well, so we, we got a lot of good things happening here. Uh, it seems like it's all around you know, kind of a well-rounded question and answer today. Um, so yeah, the scale is definitely a deceptive uh, little a little measuring stick, and so we have to appreciate what the scale offers. You know. The scale gives us a generality of our body weight, and uh, we want that scale to move because the the world around us has dictated that. Man, I remember how I was in my, you know, uh, high school years. At in when I was in high school, um, ninth grade, I was a hundred and thirteen pounds. I was little. I mean, I look back and, and look at my wrist, and I'm like, golly. I'm surprised they didn't break when the basketball came into my hand, you know. Um, I'm 165 to 170 pounds now. The leanest I've been as an adult um, in my 40s was 145 pounds, which is extremely lean. And I had to really work hard to get there. Um, and so there's a, there's a reasonable weight is what I'm getting at that your body should be. Right. So and what that reasonable weight is, isn't your high school weight, probably. Um, I mean, as now a you know, more mature adult uh, body, <laughs> mature, <laughs> uh, maybe not mentally, but, you know, definitely, you know, f- more physically, the body is more mature. Um, and so it's going to carry, you know, a parameter that is what it calls its normal range. It's just like the heart rate, like the heart rate. There's a parameter for which you need to stay in. And, and, and the assessment is to know where's your parameter. And so we want to recognize that, yes, your weight is a measure of water inside and outside the cell, um, protein and minerals and uh, fat mass. And what's in the fat? Well, I mean, the, a lot of times there's toxins in the fat. So if you feel like you're overweight and the scale isn't moving, odds are two things that I would right out the gate think is that you're either you're missing the mark on some of the food choices that you're still making, or maybe you're skipping f- meals that you, and you're not in a position to get that you know worked out yet in your metabolism, um, or, um, or you're lacking minerals that help the body detox the toxins out of the system. The body isn't going to just release toxins without escorts. So for every toxin that you have present in your body, you need uh, minerals, two to three minerals to escort those toxins out. But what if you feel like you're doing all the right things and the scale isn't moving? Uh, I would say, well, let's look at other factors. So let's say um, you're, you're walking, so now you, you, you're on a walk, this walk-in plan. So let's just keep it easy. Uh, let's say that on the walk-in plan, when you first started, uh, you know, it took you 20 minutes to walk a mile. And, and now in 20 minutes, you can do a mile and a half. Well, that would be a metric of success. Yay! You know, that is a very good thing to observe. Um, what if you, gen- you have this, in general, feeling of more stability in your legs? What if it's easier to stand up and sit down out of a chair um, at your workstation? That's a measure of value that you've got to consider that isn't just weight bearing, 
right? Uh, like like your pounds. Uh, what if your inches are less? Maybe you know your your uh, the bra fits a little looser. Maybe the waistline's a little looser. Maybe the clothes that you used to feel were tight are now almost mm, not as tight. And you go, wow, is this? my imagination. So we actually want to look at other body metrics to to see how things are uh, looking, not just weight. So when somebody comes in for us and we put them on an in-body, the in-body is a body metrics tool that helps us evaluate liver function. It helps us look at visceral fat. That's the fat around your organs. Because if you've got a lot of liver fat, for example, I met a guy today, um, he's 27, diagnosed with fatty liver disease. And when you have fatty liver disease at 27, there, I, when, when, if I get a chance to see this pa- guy as a patient, I will figure out something in his past had to have contributed to that. But he may say no which means I got to go to that food log and I got to see what does he do? I bet you he's over consuming fruit and thinks fruit's a good thing. And so you can have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease that could cause a, a dysfunctional liver that can actually maintain or gain weight even though your body mass is getting healthier, like your muscles are getting stronger, your body is conditioned. And so a lot of times we've got to come in and, and assess that scale but we don't want to just stop at the scale. We want to look at, well, what is your muscle mass? What is your water you know, retention inside the cell so that we know that functionality is there? So there's other body metrics of performance, like are you up and down the stairs more efficiently, less winded? Are you able to stand up, uh, sit down without feeling like you know, you've got to warm up after you just go from uh, a sitting session to a standing session? I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's okay to be a little stiff, but you shouldn't be like completely dysfunctional. How limber are you? You know, uh, limber being stretchy. You know, are your joints able to go to full range? So we want to look at other parameters, not just uh, the, 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 the success measurement of weight loss. Weight loss has become a major, major player in the health and wellness arena, but it's also a big, it, it's only one of many factors of success. I like that, the in-body scan. It, it breaks it down for you so you can say like, oh, wow, my fat did go down 2%, that's 1%, right. even 1%. That's, that's huge. It is. Yeah. And, and, and so... Uh, and seeing the um, the total body water to um, uh, ratios, when you see those improve and you see that your body is actually retaining the right fluid in the right space, you know that the cells are more efficient. And so it's actually giving you a visual like map of, I am getting better. You know, my liver is better. My visceral fat is lower. My, my Yes, I still have some more muscle I need to get, but that's in time. It's consistency over time. And wherever you are right now, let's just get started and get going. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Man, I mean, we've got ton. I don't know if we got time for one uh, one more or, or, or do we have any more questions today? Let me see. I think we got one. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Let me see. Guys, I tell you for sure, like, you know, when we come on the air, we get excited about just the opportunity to be a part of your world. So, um, you know, we record these, we put these on our podcast, all of our social media platforms. So definitely like and subscribe and share them with your friends, family, and loved ones. I mean, this is, you know, my world. I love this stuff. I teach this stuff. I observe people and understand more and more as I am a patient of the work as well. And so we're all on the journey together. And that's really exciting. Okay, here, here's one. Um, how do I know 
what the best way to eat is. Oof, that's a good one. Uh, all right. So um, I don't know that there there is <laughs> a best way to eat because each one of us are fundamentally the same, but we're also fundamentally different. Uh, what works for you is probably not going to work for your best friend uh, or vice versa. What is working for your best friend isn't necessarily going to work with you. However, um, how food should be uh, is food by definition should give you nourishment. It should give you energy. It should give you vitality. It should give you a feeling of satisfaction. If you eat food and you're tired, you get the the initial is satisfaction, like you know, a cupcake or something like that. You can tell if the cupcakes are on my mind. Mm. <laughs> yeah. uh, so if you think about um, how satisfied you are after you eat something, but then thirty minutes later you're sleepy, thirty, you know, uh, uh, and then you're kind of like dragging the rest of the morning. You're like. I need some toothpicks to hold my eyes apart. You know, I can't see. Um, they're so it's, you know t- uh, tight because I'm sleepy. That is an indication of blood sugar dysregulation, and so that in, in that case, if you find yourself sleepy after a meal, your diet is uh, your diet choices are not fitting to your lifestyle. That's a an easy one. Let's say that you eat certain foods and you get heartburn, indigestion, reflux, or burp a lot. That is a sign that whatever you're putting in the body isn't uh, being digested appropriately and it's potentially inflammatory and not s- something that you need to be con- eat, you know, eating because it's, it's not fitting into your uh, health plan. And so the right diet, um, I follow several different v- versions of the right diet. So, you know, I like the paleo diet. I like, you know, a fruits and vegetables and protein diet. Um, I love uh, our, our, um, our yellow diet, which is basically a low-carb diet um, that incorporates vegetables. So you get the fiber, the minerals, you know, the nutrients, the vitamins, uh, the phytonutrients present in these veggies. Uh, but I also like the idea of having a little bit of, you know, starchy vegetables because the comfort foods and helps, you know, the system perform like it's supposed to. Um, and on that, we limit obvious starches and carbs like bread and whatnot and uh, we limit you know even some in some cases rice uh, because the carbs can actually be good but they can also be overconsumed, just like anything because most people overconsume these things so we teach people how to back them down and increase their vegetable content to get those mineral levels up so and but then i also would you know ascribe to following like the whole 30 diet which is more of a high fat diet i mean down to no potatoes uh i mean there's like no starch in that diet it is a vegetable and meat diet but the recipes are phenomenal or the fast metabolism diet i, I like that one because it fluctuates um between a a higher fat diet to a lower carb diet to a you know to even a higher carb diet it's like a cycling diet and people can figure out how, where their body performs best inside of the parameters of food choices given i think the the best diet to follow is a diet that's rich in vi- uh, rich in vegetables uh, rich in proteins and you know moderate in fats uh, you know it just as a baseline place right um, but when you're sick inflamed and broken that's when we start shifting into these 
other diets like keto or we get into intermittent fasting or we get into low carb dieting and and we use those t- the diets as actually a tool of lifestyle to reset restore the the blood sugar pathways the adrenal pathways and teach and retrain the body to utilize fuel um, appropriately not looking for stimulants all the time here's one more question that came in and this is from Tammy. She said, I'm drinking the Dandy Blend tea from your office from Living Well yeah. with Stevia. Would that be considered towards my water? Because coffee subtracts and you have to drink more. Uh, Hope that makes sense. Yep. Dan- Dandy Blend is uh, because it's an herbal um, and it is. It's a great herbal coffee alternative. Fantastic for your liver. Fantastic for your lymphatics. And that would be, I'd put it towards your water. It's just going to be because it's dandelion water. It'd be like ginger lemon tea or a, you're putting ginger in your mm-hmm. water. That's water. Um, I would say that that is absolutely a great source of water, even with the stevia. As long as your body is, um, you know, you're you're noticing uh, that you're not always thirsty all the time or you're not having to, uh, you know, pee all the time. Um, you know you're getting adequate fluids and you're getting your minerals in. I know you are uh, getting those minerals in so that your body is able to keep up with that uh, need for detoxification uh, that all of our bodies need so much. And so I would contribute that to a water source for sure. The Ultima, uh, which is electrolytes and minerals that we also have at our office, um, that's also going to be in the water arena. So like if you have a you know, a 12 ounce, you know, uh, bottle of water, drink a little off the top, drop a Ultima scoop in there. That's that's water, um, and and so you just anything that's caffeine free, I would classify as water. Uh, you know, bear in mind that it doesn't have artificial sugars in it, and it's not loaded with you know some sort of um, massive other stimulant. So I got to be careful a little bit. But for the, but it's that that caffeine is definitely the thing that depletes us, and so caffeine free things are more things that replete us. Okay. Yeah. So. Awesome. Well, guys, I'll tell you, um, this has been fun. Uh, I love coming on the show with you, Gardy, and it's always a, a you know pleasure just to kind of be a part of you know, the people of the world. You know, like what are what is going on in their lives, and we're excited continually just to bring health and wellness news to your ears. And we we, we pray that you're always blessed by the show. We're excited that we get to keep bringing uh, a life-giving, hope-filled, joy uh, exper- joyful experience to you and your family. And so we always want you to know that living well, we're going to do our best to serve you, and we're going to pray that you do your best in order to serve others, and so that we continue to pass this health baton down to through the generations. And remember, you know, most of our teaching is caught, uh, not taught. So, like, we want you to be a part of our office in some capacity. We want you to be a part of things that we do, whether it's an outreach program, a seminar, or event, and and let us teach you how to live better, be better, and stay better. And so, November twelfth is our. We have a, a big fun run coming up with Anchor Point Ministries, and so we invite you to be a part of that. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun to you know waddle across the finish line, um, turkey style. And, and we're going to just celebrate this idea that we've, we've talked about today, was being active and taking activity to the streets and do uh, a mini, you know, uh, fun run uh, through Anchor Point Ministries. So you can call our office for details. You can call Anchor Point Ministries for details on uh, that fun run. November 12th is going to be at Gloria Day uh, in Nassau Bay. That kind of rhymes. And, uh, but it's a cool event. It's a really fun 
to see just the people that are lively and bubbly that love running, and then the people that are just like, oh, I just need to run, I just need to move. But man, this is early, you know. Yeah. And uh, you get all kinds. And people just want to support. Yeah, yeah, and that's right. And and it is, it is a fun event just to support and be a part of. And uh, so we invite you to be a part of that. But at Living Well, is you know, we we love being a part of your world. So just share the show, and we'll see you next week. God bless you guys.